This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Center for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit jodcast.net. Hello. Today, I'm here with welcoming Dr. Sadie Jones. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Alex. <laughs> How's it going, Sadie? Yeah, going very well. Had a good trip up on the on the plane. Cool. You're from Southampton, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm not from Southampton. Not from Southampton. <laughs> Sorry, I, I know Sadie from when I was at Southampton. Yeah, but the Welsh in me wouldn't let me say that I was from Southampton. Yeah, hopefully the <laughs> listeners pick that up. Because <laughs> you're originally from Wales. But I work at the University of Southampton. Working in Southampton. And have for a long time. <laughs> cool. So you've come up to give a seminar. Yes. Um, here at Manchester. Um, do you want to start by giving the listeners a little bit uh, overview on your background um, and how you got into your current job as an astronomer? Okay, uh, yes. Yeah. So, well, I didn't actually start out as a kid wanting to be an astronomer. I wanted to be like an interior designer or something to do with computers and art because I was very creative. Um, but I had very good physics and maths teachers at A level and very terrible teachers of computer and art um, and I realised that there was actually loads of job options for physics and I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, but I knew that physics wouldn't close any doors so I wasn't the type of astronomer who was looking through telescopes as a kid or anything like that I uh, just like enjoyed physics and maths and then yeah so then I did a work experience in Cardiff University and that actually came about because my dad was goes swimming regularly and he met someone who he assumed, wrongly, was a farmer because of their <laughs> West Country accent. And they turned out to be a professor of astrophysics in Cardiff University. Okay. So they set me up on a work experience for, I just did a week, um, but I absolutely loved it. So from then on, I was pretty sure I wanted to do astronomy. I actually had Manchester as my first choice on my UCAS form. I really wanted to come here because I love the city um, and the people and the department. Awesome. Um, but at the last minute, I think because I'd had that work experience in Cardiff and it's close to my home in the valley, so I could still take my laundry home mm-hmm. and my yeah. have nice Sunday dinners. Um, at the last minute, I did change to, to go to Cardiff. So I did the MPhys in astrophysics uh, there. And then um, a PhD place came through in Southampton. Yeah. And again, to be honest, I was going to stay in Cardiff, to stay in Wales. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the funding fell through for the PhD that I was going to do. So uh, yeah, so I took on a PhD in Southampton, uh, which was in something totally different to what my master's project was on. So it was a bit brave, and it was in radio astronomy, which is all the rage now. But at yeah. the time. There wasn't really anyone doing it, so I did you struggle. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel up and coming. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I did the dark art of radio astronomy yeah. for four years in Southampton. Yeah, and then luckily for me, uh, because I wasn't potentially enjoying the research so much, like I didn't see yeah. my future in in a postdoc or whatever. Um, they bought the planetarium, which was just going to be used for open days. It's like an inflatable astrodome, we call it. Yeah, and. Yeah, uh, they bought that and they kind of got some funding to create the job. I was actually doing astronomy um, and I got that job and that's what I've been doing since 2011. Yeah, so So that's roughly when I I think I met you in 2013 when I started my PhD at Southampton University. And I remember going to lots of planetarium uh, shows with you in schools and 
Yeah. Uh, we take the dome out to various events, give people tours of the night sky. Yeah, yeah. it's a great laugh. And like we used to do a lot more outreach, I guess, than we do now. Um, but we used to have a lot more funding, I guess. That's right. the problem with everything. Yeah. But um, yeah, like we used to go, like well, as you know, because you were one of my yeah one of my team. Um, we used to do like forty to fifty school visits a year, um, and now it's probably more like twenty. But we do lots of the local schools who are more, I guess, considered, um, well, they need more help with their physics kind of engagement yeah. and that kind of yeah. thing. So I guess the um, uh, uh, question is, what do you think, um, do you think it's important, well, obviously we think it's important that, that we have, do this outreach in schools, but from your perspective of going to these schools a lot of the time, what feedback do you see them giving? Do they really um, see the impact of taking astronomy outreach to the schools? I mean, I, well, obviously I believe in it because it's my job. <laughs> if I didn't believe yeah. in it, I'd be in trouble. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, especially with the planetarium, it's something so different to the environment they're used to in the classroom. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't necessarily have to show them astrophysics. Obviously everyone, mm. well, most people like space and are interested by it. Mm. But just having the experience of going into this inflatable igloo, yeah. uh, especially for the little ones, is yeah. just really cool. And I think a lot of the reason why I think it's so important is because all the people I take with with me are people like yourself like they are active scientists in yeah. who are doing research so even though I don't do any research anymore myself they're speaking to scientists and they're seeing that they're you know normal people yeah, you can't yeah. see me doing air yeah. quotes but <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yes I think that role I know there is some research which says maybe role models don't really work and that people that the kids okay. just kind of think you know good for you you have this great uh career but what mm. does that mean for my my future mm. but i know from my own experiences like i've had you know female role models quite a lot of them growing up and like female teachers of physics and stuff so i feel like that has had an influence on me because if i hadn't yeah. had that then you know i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to see myself doing what i do now so yeah is important I think. I think one of, one of the things I remember from doing shows with you is, is a lot of um, the kids have, have literally never seen the night sky in, in no <laughs> if you're in a busy city all you see is maybe the moon and like three or four stars yeah but when you go into the planetarium and you see the actual night sky yeah a lot of these kids have literally never seen that and, and yeah, it and starts I... with just a picture and then obviously from that picture there comes like the questions that we get asked the, yeah, the kids are, are just yeah. And I, yeah, and I think the planetarium is you know if you can't go out and look at the night sky for whatever reason, I mean hopefully afterwards they do actually go and have yeah. a look up or at least try and go somewhere dark. Yeah. But I think you take for granted now we've got like iPads and everything like mm. you know we, I've got this app on my iPad where I can see all these stars. So why would I bother looking up or looking with my eyes? But it is so different and it is like really special. Like again, I shouldn't probably admit to this, but. I teach on the Tenery field trip and it probably wasn't till that trip so after my PhD where I actually looked through you know like a 10 inch telescope at yeah. Jupiter and there is something so awesome about seeing that with your actual like eyeball yeah. and it does look like the pictures and the Hubble pictures or whatever like yeah, they're yeah, way yeah. better resolution but when there is something special about seeing it yeah. and like hopefully we encourage people to do that with the yeah. planetarium yeah I mean, hopefully they also learn the science and get excited yes. about it. Yeah. But I, yeah. if they just go out and look up and like, kind of start to question the universe, I think that's the main, yeah. that's the main thing that makes you want to be a scientist. Yeah. Like, I think I annoyed my parents a lot as a kid. 
just being like, why does the moon look like it's following me? Like, it, like all those kind of weird questions. And when you realise your parents can't answer them anymore, yeah, it's like it's a bit yeah. hard work. <laughs> You've got to answer them. Yeah. We need you, we need children you. of tomorrow. Um, so you're here to give a seminar here today. Do you want to give the listeners a quick, uh, brief overview of what you're going to be talking about? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm talking today about uh, all the kind of work we've done working with different types of like public, different audiences uh, with a specific aim to um, engage in them with our supernova and dark energy research that we do uh, at the University of Southampton. Um, so we've got, well, we've got quite a few projects. Uh, I'm going to talk about four today. So hopefully I get to go through them all. <laughs> cool, cool. But there's, we did one in the Southampton airport in the departure lounge where we were talking about supernova and exploding stars and death, which was cool because you don't normally get to talk about those things in airports. In an airport. <laughs> um, and then the other project is um, the SETI Cypher Challenge, um, which is like an online forum where kids interact with scientists um, and again, we did one of the years dedicated to supernova uh, research. Um, and then the other project is kind of a new project called uh, Sot and Astro Art, which came about accidentally because we had all these photographic plates uh, at the university that were a health and safety uh, hazard in the filing cabinets where they were. <laughs> they were going to be thrown in the bin and they are um, like a relic of, you know, past astronomy before we had the internet type of thing so it would have been a shame to throw them in so we saved them and we've given them to artists and they've made some really cool stuff um and we've now linked that project to uh, our dark energy survey research awesome awesome so what are you up to at the moment then your, you know, with your time yes yeah, so at the moment i'm actually helping uh astronomers in the solar environment physics group Hopefully I got that right. <laughs> uh, and they have a Zooniverse project, so a new citizen science project called Aurora Zoo. Uh, I think if you Google auroraZoo.org, you'll find it. And it's uh, we have um, images of the aurora from uh, Svalbard in Norway. And um, we need the public to help us uh, classify the different shapes of the aurora. So they have really cool names like Chocolate Sauce. Um, and other things. There's a, there's a tutorial online which will help you uh, understand more about this. But basically, uh, humans can do this kind of thing uh, a lot better than computers. So mm. we need your help with our analysing our data, and then that will help us understand the the magnetic field strength, basically. So, yeah, please help us. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll wrap it up there, because you're literally about to go and give your <laughs> seminar in, in five or ten minutes' time. So thank you very much for joining us on Jodcast City. Thank you. Cheers.